In the wake of the coronavirus and recommended courses of action, we at Tiny Table Talks hope you are staying safe, healthy, and hydrated. If you are able to, adhering to social distancing and working from home is recommended. But if you do have to go out, ensure that you wash your hands and use a mask if possible. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome back to Tiny Table Talks. We're here every Thursday on Spotify and YouTube, so be sure to check us out. And please follow us on Instagram at the CC Zone. Last week, it was International Art Day, so we shared our thoughts on art and the many forms that it comes in. It's been an essential part of staying sane for many of us during this quarantine. On top of that, many people are having to adjust to prepping and eating food during this time. So this week, we'll be discussing all things food. We hope you ate before this episode. Given that we are taking measures to adhere to social distancing, I sent members of our team questions pertaining to the topic. Here they are now with some answers. My name is Ariana, and I'm in the room with three people. Hey, what's up? It's Ben, here for another episode of the Tiny Table Talks podcast from home, because COVID messed up the entire world. Hi guys, this is Meva, and I'm here since the very beginning of the podcast series. Hi everybody, it's Chloe, back at it again. To start things off, what's the strangest food that you've ever eaten? I think the strangest food I've ever eaten um, is balut. It is those fertilized developing duck egg embryo that are found in the Philippines mostly, but also in other Southeast Asian countries. So yeah, when I was a kid, my parents would order that, but I think I didn't know that there was an actual embryo inside of the egg because I would eat the outer part, only the yellow part. And then I noticed something dark inside and that was the baby duck. It was almost done developing and sometimes I would see little bits of hair and yeah because of that I've never eaten the actual embryo but I would just eat the outer part of it I think that's the strangest food I've ever eaten personally it would be a tie between squidding pasta in Paris or when I went to Ecuador with my family on vacation and we had grubs when we went to go visit the jungle. Both things tasted pretty good, actually. <laughs> Food-wise, I'm usually very open-minded, but I didn't expect to find these things or have the chance to eat them. Like, I did not know that squid ink in pasta was a thing until I was at the restaurant and I saw it on the menu and I was like, this, I have to try. When I went to Thailand, I went to the Koh Sam Road, which is a very touristic area. It's a street with restaurants, shops, and there I eat a fried scorpion. I would not recommend that because it tastes awfully. It tastes like a potato chips, a rotten potato chips, like disgusting. One time a friend of mine had one of those like wrapped packages of deep fried crickets. You know, those things that are trending everywhere nowadays. They're part of a great new uh, health program, high protein. <laughs> and yeah, I remember like this was, I think, I think they were like the flavored kinds. Honestly, 
pretty damn good. <laughs> they definitely haven't become part of like my daily diet anymore. For sure, I'm not having corn pops and crickets for breakfast most mornings, but honestly, I would have it again. It wasn't just a one-time kind of thing. It was kind of like a weird, tiny, like potato chip that was kind of like weirdly shaped. Apparently very good for your health in a lot of ways. What's your favorite food? My favorite food is bread escalope with spaghetti cooked by my mom. It's very easy, but it's something I really love. Pizza. It's it's a go-to uh, kind of food, but it's a go-to food for a reason, damn it. It's just one of those rare foods that is just a true wholesome good. One of the only big debates I ever have with my girlfriend or any sort of arguments is usually about food. She never eats pizza. Me, I have pizza a good one or two times a week at least. Thing is that like she does, has nothing against pizza. She just is absolutely horrified of tomatoes. How she manages to do this and I don't know. I, I, I'd love to, I, I keep on trying to get her to go into a, a specialist and get her taste buds examined. <laughs> no, just kidding. If you're, if you're listening to this, Allegra, I love you, and please don't kill me. I have a favorite food for each culture, I would say. For example, Japanese, I would say it's Japanese curry with pork cutlet. Oof. Now I'm getting, getting hungry. Laos, I would say. It is called nem khao, which is a salad with deep fried rice, rice balls and chunks of fermented pork sausage chopped with um with chopped peanuts in it oh my gosh and they add some lemon and then some cilantro and then with um a little bit of spice they would add some chili peppers oof i'm getting hungry too a lot of potato based things is the first thing that comes to mind because my family, my mom's side of the family is Peruvian. So when we go out and have Peruvian food, it's usually a lot of stuff based on that. And then of course it's very versatile in that there's French fries, vodka. Okay, I guess the question wasn't which is the most versatile food, but a lot of things I kind of go to regularly from many different cultures, there's always some element of potato involved. So I have to say that. Oh, and dark chocolate. I, I love dark chocolate. Are you more likely to just eat food as fuel or do you enjoy tasting food? Of course I enjoy tasting food. Are there people out there who truly stuff bits of edible matter in their mouths and swallow it as quickly as they can and not even take a moment to take in the taste? I don't think people like that exist. Of course everyone loves tasting food. This is one of those uniform things. Do you enjoy having arms? Is Tom Hanks a wonder to the entire world? Yes, of course. It's, it's very simple two plus two science right there. Of course I enjoy tasting food. And I feel like a good portion of, of human history would uh, probably back me up on those kind of things, you know? There's a reason we invent like 300 new condiments every single year. There's a reason that things like cronut burgers exist. As long as there are some kind, some kind of weird, odd chemical combination of one food, two food, three foods, 300 million foods, that can be put together that will somehow stimulate your taste buds in some kind of new fascinating way. There will always be new foods to try. There will always be new tastes to enjoy. And that's not an accident. So 
for most of my life, I enjoyed the taste of food. I would overeat. I'd always be snacking. I mean, sometimes I still do it now. But even when I was a kid, for example, I was very chubby because I ate a lot. When I was in high school, I did a lot of sports. I swam. I danced. And because of that, I was able to also just have like a more relaxed relationship with food and that whatever I was eating, I was burning off. And now that I'm older, I've noticed different foods have different effects on me. I used to not care that I was lactose intolerant, but it actually hits me aside from just like stomach stuff. It gives me brain fog. It affects my mood. So now I do kind of think of food a little bit more as fuel, especially when I work out. So I try to eat things that will kind of benefit me moving forward and that don't make me feel bad physically and also give me energy to move. But at the same time, I still really, really, really enjoy the taste of food. But I've kind of hit a point in my relationship with food where it is a happy medium of both things. I enjoy tasting food. I, can, I eat food like all day long. Not because I feel that I do need that for my body, but just because it's a guilty pleasure. However, sometimes when I'm working, I need to have this feeling of, oh, my body is empty, Chloe, you need food to eat. Because sometimes, if I don't feel this anger, I would not cook for myself. I would just like skip the meal. Um, when I'm really bored, I love tasting food just because I'm bored and I don't know what to do. But... I think when I was younger, it was worse than now because I would always have snacks at home and I would always eat snacks for the entire day, most of the time. Now I don't have any snacks at home because I think I should be healthy and only have breakfast, lunch and dinner. But now that the quarantine is still going on, I kind of regret not getting snacks. Would you consider yourself an adventurous eater or are you more of a picky eater? After the fry scorpion thing, I think you could consider myself as an adventurous eater. And I like to try new things. I'm not very scared about that. And I'm not very complicated. Usually I eat everything I eat. Okay, based off of the first question where I talked about the squid ink and seeing it on the menu and going for it, I would definitely consider myself an adventurous eater. Anytime I'm out in a new country or a new city, I try to eat something that I might not be able to have at home or I haven't had yet. And especially in Toronto in the summer, I always try to look out for cool restaurants that I haven't tried yet with uh, different kinds of food. So yeah, I would definitely consider myself more adventurous. I would say if you don't tell me what the food is, I would be an adventurous eater. But then if you tell me, for example, crocodile meat, I wouldn't taste it because I know that's crocodile. So it's better if you don't tell me and I, I will gladly taste it. But from what I hear from my friends and family, um, they think I'm a picky eater. And whenever they cook meat, I wouldn't really eat that much meat and when my boyfriend would ask me oh do you want to eat tacos for lunch I would say no I, I don't want taco then he would just like oh sushi and I'm like oh no I don't feel like eating sushi you know and according to these people I'm a picky eater but I think I was more of a picky eater when I was young but then I had to move to Canada and I had to survive, so I didn't have the choice to be a picky eater when I was studying in, in university here. 
So I, I, I would just eat whatever food um, there was on the menu because I couldn't choose what to eat, basically. I am probably one of the most just famous picky eaters of my generation. I was a terrible child. For one thing, I was a cocky bastard. Once again, still haven't really found a cure to that part. But for the second part, I was a very picky eater when I was a kid. Ugh, my poor parents, my poor friends, yeah. It was funny, it was, I was always like a big fan of vegetables, but just a lot of like main courses in, uh, of food in general I was never a big fan of. Like I remember for the longest time I didn't really love chicken, like any sort of like chicken related meals. I didn't love a lot of things that had to do with cheese. I also like wasn't a big fan of like tomatoes and like certain kind of vegetables, like onions. So just all of that went out. And sandwiches. I didn't have my first true sandwich. There was something about the construct of the sandwich that I never really enjoyed. I think I think for whatever reason, when I was a little kid, I despised lettuce. Even though lettuce is probably one of the most harmless pieces of food ever known to man. <laughs> right up there with like, I don't know, mayonnaise or wheat or something like that. I don't know. My go-to like lunch foods uh, when I was a kid were always hot dogs, maybe pizza pockets, sometimes just toast, toast with jam or something like that on it. Thank you to my uh, beloved mom for dealing with that crap for years on end. Do you prefer cooking or eating out? Because now I live by myself, I prefer cooking because it's cheaper and, you know, homemade meals, they're, they're the best. So I think cooking, definitely. But sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit lazy to cook, maybe I'm hanging out with my friends outside. I like to eat out. Eating out. At the moment, it's quite complicated because of, you know, this thing called quarantine. I had sushi delivered to my house uh, this weekend because I really missed it. So I usually prefer to eat out because I'm not a very uh, great cooker. But from the financial point of view, uh, it's not always very easy. Most of the time, my eating out is McDonald's. 80% of the time. Cooking, if it's an easy recipe. I love eating out, of course, if, when it's a little bit more complex, when you're looking for something. Although, to be fair, I go to like fancy restaurants and just order like the, the regular cheeseburger, like far more often than I'd like to admit. But still, like that answer stands. I, I always love making really big meals of some kind of like really simple food that everyone really loved to uh, eat. Like I, when I was still at my house at uh, university, I try to set it up maybe about once a month where uh, I'd get all my roommates together. Uh, maybe one or two friends would come over for dinner and we'd just make a gigantic mess of tacos. Somewhat of a complex dish, but like really easy to throw together. You cook up meat and you chop the lettuce and you grate the cheese and you stuff your face with them. And what was great about it too is that like that's a really good like team effort kind of uh, meal. You could have someone who's never set foot in the kitchen in their entire life and you can get them to grab a knife and maybe chop up some tomatoes or mix up the salsa or something like that. It's, it's, it's easy stuff, man. That's some great one kind of shit. Everyone just, it just made the meal itself like a lot more rewarding. Honestly, a thousand percent, I prefer eating out, but most of the time now I do not have the money. Right now we are in quarantine. I'm getting into cooking. I do appreciate the time and effort it takes into putting in a good dish. What I prefer about eating out is that you get more variety. When I cook, I have a lot of the same go-tos for me, I'm not naturally a good cook. I'm more of a I'm more of a baker. <laughs> but with cooking, you kind of have to have that culinary instinct and I'm getting better, but I don't have it just yet. So when I am trying to cook something new, there is always a chance that I'll fail. And then when I'm cooking with people, I feel like I try to contribute, but because I'm not as like experienced or as talented, I'm not as good. So at least eating out kind of puts us all on the same 
playing field and nine times out of ten when you're eating out you're trying something new honestly yeah i definitely do prefer cooking and eating out but i'm getting around to cooking what's your favorite restaurant uh no one restaurant really gives me you know no one restaurant can give you any kind of food you want there's so many different experiences that you can find in the entire spectrum of the food world i don't think it's even possible to say that one restaurant uh beats over them all except for tim hortons tim hortons is the best no i'm just kidding so I, I think I, I don't have any as long as the food is good at the restaurant. I'm happy. Yeah. I don't think I have an exact favorite restaurant, like one particular location, but I do have favorite kinds of restaurants that I will always just go to or I'll be more willing to try because it's of the food genre. I... <laughs> I it, you know what I mean? But it's <laughs> the food genre that like I enjoy. So for me, any restaurants that are Peruvian restaurants, Japanese, and anything with Korean barbecue, ooh, ooh la la, yeah. Anything with those, I am in. I am so game. And for kind of quick meals where I really want to get something on the go and to fill me up for a while, a burrito place never fails. My favorite restaurant is Sushi Channel. I don't know if you say Channel. It's called Matsuri. Basically, uh, you have dishes going all around the restaurant and you have to catch it. It's on a rolling carpet. Uh, so you catch it and there is very different sushis. And depending on the color of the plate, the um, price is different. So at the end, uh, you have to calculate all the price of the plates and you have to pay. It's very sad, but it tastes very good. I really like this place. It's funny and it tastes very good. What food from your ethnic background is your favorite? Do you have any old family recipes? As I mentioned before, I really like Nam Khao because it's like an explosion of flavors. Like when you chew on the salad, it's crispy. Then you can taste sour, but then it has a touch of coconut. And yes, we I do have an old family recipe. So basically, I do know how to make it, but it just takes a long time. Okay, I do have time now, but I'm just lazy to prepare the, the rice and then fry it, then just mix it with the sausage. I would rather eat something good and fast to cook. And yeah... My ethnic background is kind of a little bit up in the air. My family's mostly from the British Isles and with some Nordic backgrounds, but I've never been there. My parents have never been there. My grandparents have never been there. We don't really have much ties with the motherland. When it comes to old family recipes, though, the only one I can really think of is uh, my father was always very famous for his uh, just his just spaghetti recipe. Almost every Sunday night, we would cook up spaghetti, have it as a big family meal, and you'd come into the kitchen, and my dad, pretty much from 11 a.m., would have this grandiose recipe, one that involved just about every vegetable known to man, this really good ground beef that would be stirred in a meat sauce, and just usually like fresh, well-diced tomatoes. It's not some kind of recipe that goes back generations upon generations. My dad made spaghetti a lot with his parents when he was growing up, and then he sort of perfected over the years. My dad was a fantastic cook, not really because he learned it from anybody, but because he got divorced when he was something along the lines of 26 or 27 and spent the next 10 years living by himself at a, in his own little bachelor apartment. <laughs> Ladies, if you ever want to find a man 
who can truly cook. Look for divorced loner type dudes in their like mid 30s who have their own bachelor apartment. <laughs> they will probably cook you up some really good spaghetti. And that's how my dad met my mom. I like my grandma food because she is Portuguese. Usually she cooks simple things as rice, but it always tastes super good. About Portuguese uh, food, I will recommend it uh, pastiche de natache, de nata. Uh, it's a small cake. If you go to Belém in uh, Lisboa, you have to go eat the Belém pastiche de natache. Uh, also, I like uh, the... I'm going to say it's wrong. It's Portuguese, however. If there's Portuguese people, I'm sorry to offend you. It's fried. It looks like a croissant. And inside you can have like chicken or shrimp. Very good. From my father's side family, they come from Bretagne, which is the east-west, the west of France. Uh, usually I eat a lot of uh, crepe, sweet and sour. In the sour one, I always take the same thing, eggs, cheese and ham. But sometimes when I go to restaurant, I like to change. I really like the one with uh, salmon. <laughs> and uh, also in Bretagne, they have this cake, which is called Queen Amman, and it's with lots of butter. It's maybe the, the most fat cake ever, but it's super good. My mom is Peruvian and my dad is from St. Lucia. So foods I like from my dad's ethnic background, oh, jerk chicken, rotis, oh gosh, so delicious. But usually I only have those when we're in St. Lucia or on the off chance that we're in Kensington and there's a place that does rotis and like I'll occasionally get it there. I, I believe it's there. There are some Peruvian restaurants in Toronto, so we usually frequent those on birthdays or special occasions. Oh my gosh, and there's so many good dishes. There's ceviche, uh, there's the classic arroz con pollo, there's, oh my god, papa la huancaina, so that's, that's another potato-based dish, anticuchos. Peruvian food is my, oh gosh, I, anytime I have it, it cheers me up. And the way they do chicken soup, oh my god, delicious. My mom has made ceviche in the house in the past, but a lot of the recipes for Peruvian food, it does take a lot of time and effort. So I'm more likely to end up getting those when I'm in Peru with my relatives or just when I'm at a restaurant. But my mom does make stuff from time to time. She does oatmeal and rice pudding and things like that. So she mainly, actually, she mainly does a lot of breakfast food in terms of like really from scratch. Is there a food you initially disliked but ended up enjoying over time? Spinach. When I was a kid, I really didn't like it. Now I love them. And on the opposite side, when I was a child, I really liked snail, <laughs> French. <laughs> now I don't like them. Maybe because one night I throw them in my bed <laughs> since I never eat a snail. Tons. I am a aforementioned very picky eater. So I feel like a majority of all foods are foods that I've really come around uh, from. Two real pop, uh, top ones that I could talk about are pot pie and salmon. Those those used to be two of my most like despised kind of meals that I would never want to even touch. But now they're two of my like go-to uh, evening meals, honestly. Pot pies and just pies in general, I've never really been a big fan of. But yeah, I don't know. There was just something about, I don't know, the crust was always like a big turnoff for me. It was just so much dryness to get to like a little tiny like inner beautiful core something changed around about it like a couple years ago where uh it was just one of those classic like winter evenings where I got home from I think a class one of my roommates had uh like baked up like this gigantic thing of pot pie that they could never finish on their own and I was too tired to make any sort of dinner on my own so I'm like yeah sure let's have it I eat it and I don't know something about like that pie that evening just it filled my entire body with warmth kind of warmth that I hadn't felt in so so long 
So it turned my whole perspective around on it. Salmon's a bit of a different story. It wasn't me just like coming around to the actual meal. It was me recognizing that there were like different ways to actually make the food. Like when I was a kid growing up and salmon was ever made for dinner, I hated it. It was like the fish equivalent of turkey where it was just so dry and just sort of tasteless. Like it almost became a task to finish it all. Like I would I would be cooking with my mom like on occasion and then we started realizing like, oh, there's certain like sauces and stuff that you can add on to the salmon to really like stir up its flavor. And uh, one thing we came across eventually is that hollandaise sauce. Hollandaise sauce is the holy grail of sauces to put on top of the salmon when you're cooking it because... Oh, it's just this wondrous, cheesy, buttery nectar that when you mix it with the salmon or even like a lot of different kind of like fish and meats, it's just wondrous. We did that. And now pretty much every single time I'm making salmon, whether I'm at home or I'm like at any sort of other place, you know, I'm going to be cooking some holiday sauce along with it. Try it out. It's a really good recipe. Oh, actually, when it comes to sushi, I didn't like sashimi, those raw fish pieces, because I think that was the texture, or it was just in my head, I think. But over time, I tried it, and I just mixed it with the rice. And yeah, I, I, I like it now, but that's not going to be a food that I would go to when I'm hungry. I used to hate mushrooms, I used to hate onions, and now I can't get enough of either of them. Actually, one of the things that my mom taught me that they actually do for onions for ceviche is you have to mix, you have to get a bowl of water, you put in some salt, like a good amount of salt, you mix it evenly, and then you put in your sliced onions and you keep it there for five minutes. And afterwards, they taste delicious, like you could probably eat them by themselves kind of thing. So that little trick changed my life in terms of enjoying onions. And also I realized now that it enhances the flavor for a lot of things. And then mushrooms too. As a kid, I just, I used to straight up hate them. I would avoid them. But as I grew up, I guess my taste buds adjusted and I, I dig them. I really like them. What food will you never, ever eat? Some dish have, especially in Asia and also I've watched a documentary um, I think that was a tribe in Africa. They were kind of drinking the raw blood of an animal. And also, uh, I know in Laos and Thailand, sometimes they are mixing the, the blood of a cow or pork with their noodles. But also, they are adding some broth to it too, and they mix it together. And I think that's one type of food that I will never eat because the iron flavor of the blood is making me not really attracted to this type of food indian food I, I i can't think of any like specific dishes indian food i've had a couple experiences with and it, they have never been good ones and there are two main reasons behind that one spice I'm a hashtag basic white dude. So because of that, any kind of spice, uh, be it jalapeno peppers, ghost peppers, or even something as simple as cumin, is my kryptonite. I had two friends. One of, one of them was my roommate. Uh, he was from Pakistan. And then one of, one of them was my next door neighbor. He was from India. And like in my first year of university. And they continuously subjected me to some of the spiciest foods you could ever imagine in your entire life. And they never even wanted to get my real opinion on how it tasted. They just wanted me to go crazy and have my entire face turn red the second I took like that first bite. So it sort of pulled me off it. And second main reason, just plain and simple, I don't know, Indian food always looks weird. 
weird but intriguing kind of way that some foods look like. It truly looks like some kind of, like, alien goo half the time. <laughs> it's these weird mixtures of green, of brown, of... What am I looking at? Like, an actual, like, dish? Or am I looking at, like, some kind of weird ectoplasm autopsy from the X-Files? <laughs> Come on. Not trying to be too mean to the world of Indian food. I, I I know that there's a lot of really good dishes out there, and I'm sure that I could find something eventually in, in the spectrum of it that tastes really good. But I don't think I'm really going to try. I'm really open-minded when it comes to food. Like I said, I test everything, and usually I like it. But... I would never ever, I hope, eat a pangolin or bats or any wild animals that they used to eat in the Wuhan market. First, it looks disgusting. I'm sorry if I offend some people that really like this food. But it looks disgusting. Olives. Still olives. The smell just puts me off every time. I know for people it's either the best thing they can do when they go to the grocery store or the worst thing is walk by that little wagon full of olives like all the different kinds of olives my boyfriend for example he loves doing that my dad and my mom love doing that and i i can't i can't be near it though by accident i had a sandwich on new year's and there was olives in there apparently but i didn't taste it so i do not count it i'm just too put off by the smell what can i say i'm sorry what's the strangest but tastiest food combo that you've come up with probably dumb in most people's heads but broccoli dipped in mustard is fantastic i discovered it when i was a kid just like when we were having some kind of other meats that like i dip in mustard and then i, I had broccoli and i just tried it and it was it was really good it just adds a fun little bit of pizzazz onto broccoli which otherwise let's be honest is kind of like basic vegetable it, it made me go from being like very impartial to when it to when it came to broccoli to me actively like craving broccoli when i was a kid and when i'm even now this this combo is not strange but some people definitely find it a little bit gross oh gosh i'm totally outing myself here but sometimes, emphasis on sometimes, this is not a thing I do on a regular basis, I will get a tiny spoonful of peanut butter, poke a hole in the peanut butter in the spoon, and then I pour some honey in it, and then I just kind of enjoy it as a little snack. <laughs> Every time my brother sees me do it, he's so grossed out. But it's like a nice mix of the sweet and the salty. And yeah, I guess that would be the strangest thing that I've personally come up with. I know in elementary school for a while, I don't know if anyone remembers this, there were these like those tubes of like this gelatinous sweet stuff and they were called ooze tubes and also Toblerones and someone combined them like they get an ooze tube of any flavor, put it on their Toblerone and then eat it and then called it Oozlerone. And looking back on it, pretty nasty stuff, but uh, we were all pretty into it back in the day, like when we were nine, 10 years old. I don't think we do many combos and I'm not really into those things, but if I have to say strange food that I used to eat, oyster, and I love them, rabbit, I'm sorry, but I love rabbit, frog's legs, yeah, <laughs> and uh, beef tongue with a great sauce is amazing. It's not a combo, but it's strange, mainly for people who don't live in France, and, uh, but you should try because it's very good, I swear. Okay, so at home, I like to be experimental. And my sister would just tell me, oh, like, you're weird, you know that, right? Why do, do you want to taste this combination? And then you like it, it's weird. At home, I, I usually eat a toasted bread. And then I just spread some butter. And I just add some sugar. It's really good. But also, I eat my banana with um, cheese. In, it's kind of good. <laughs> the most recent combination I like is 
boiled potatoes mixed with um, salsa sauce and then you put some Doritos chips in it and you boil some mushrooms and then you add some cheese and it's good it's really good I didn't expect that to be good it's like a salad but my own salad recipe I guess are you team sweet or team savory I like both it really depends of the day but I would say that now I must of the time uh, in the team savory. Probably team sweet in terms of the second I eat something sweet, I'm more inclined to eat more and more and more. So I can, it's, it's, it's an addiction. It's terrible. But for the most part, I think on the long run, I am definitely team savory. I feel like if I have a diet that's more savory than sweet, I'm a little more sane. I'm a little less hyperactive, less prone to crashing. <laughs> and I guess with savory, you can always mix in a little bit of the sweet. Sure, you can mix in some savory to some sweet, like, you know, and you add like sea salt and caramel kind of thing, but okay, you know what? No, I think I'm talking myself into being team savory. It depends on the day, apparently. I'm team, if it tastes good, I eat it. Not getting in this weird team sweet or team savory. What are you trying to get me into? When I was young, I used to really like sweet food, even dessert, but then as I grew older, I don't know why, but when I have a high amount of sugar, I feel dizzy and I just want to sleep. So even with cakes, I don't really like cakes, but I, I'm not really a fan of um, cakes and even chocolate. I don't like eating chocolate right now. So I would say I'm more team savory. Which meal is your favorite of the day? Breakfast, probably. Once again, like cooking at home, it's just really fun to make with friends. And like, you know, you can you can stick to the really basic kind of aspects of uh, breakfast with toast, with cereal, with anything simple like that. But the second you like rise above to any of the slightly fancier kind of aspects of breakfast, you know, the pancakes, the waffles, the bacon, eggs, sausage. The second you even get into that spectrum, it just it becomes this kind of wondrous treat. It's a... Meal that's pretty straightforward. You know, there's there's not too many insane things you can do with breakfast. You can just cook it up, you eat it, you have a great time. And yeah, I again, I've I've had a lot of times where I just get a bunch of breakfast material, invite like ten people over, and try and do some kind of like big breakfast party. There's been a couple times where uh, I get people together, make a whole bunch of breakfast. We have uh, mimosas, and then we like marathon like three movies throughout the day. Those have been some pretty damn fun mornings. I would say dinner, cause. The only reason is is just because I can kind of relax um, after work, eating food and just watching my shows or playing video games. While if I have lunch, I have to work after lunch. And I don't really like when I feel um, kind of rushed to finish my food. That's why dinner is my favorite meal of the day. Breakfast. A thousand percent. I love breakfast. If I had the time to wake up and make myself a beautiful big meal, I will do it. Uh, a few years ago, I went on a Bumble date. There was no second date, but I got some nice wisdom because the guy was literally like, making breakfast is an act of self-love. Always like prep your breakfast. And he went into detail about how he did it. And I tried it and I, it was pretty life-changing. And for some reason, even though I'm not a super creative person as a cook, I'm very creative when it comes to making breakfast meals, and I'm good at it. I'm good with making eggs. My dad taught me that at an early age, so eggs, for the most part, are considered a breakfast food. 
I feel a little bit more like an expert when I'm doing breakfast. My favorite meal is probably the brunch. It's not the breakfast, it's not the lunch, it's the brunch. I usually eat it well, once a week on the weekend. I probably like it because it's very easy to mix uh, sour and sweet stuff and because it's an excuse to eat a lot of pancakes. Do you have any seasonal favorites? Which holiday do you think has the best food? Surely winter. Um, you know French people and how they love cheese. Um, so we have many dishes with cheese. The most famous one are probably the fondue and the raclette. Basically, you melt some cheese and you eat it with potato or uh, cold cuts. It's really good uh, and very convivial because usually you eat that with many people. You do like raclette party. So winter, but also like summer, like to be able to eat fruits, fresh fruits, uh, small salad, have a little glass of white wine. It's very cool. I always love to have a lot of very specific meals during one holiday. That holiday is Halloween. Honestly, just the food surrounding Halloween is just very good. Uh, usually in the days after October 31st, I will have uh, very great family meals with dishes consisting of uh, tropical Skittles, Aero Bars, Kit Kats, Reese's Cups, Jelly Beans. Very, very good season for food. Probably not a very good season for my overall health, but that is aside from the fact. My seasonal favorite is Chinese New Year, when my grandma and my mom, they have to cook their own um, rice cakes. Not sure how you call it, but it's basically um, rice, beans, meat in it, and then they just wrap it with banana leaves. So yeah, and then they just um, boil it overnight. So which holiday has the best food? Oof. I mean, to me, personally, it is Christmas with my family. Because I don't know if it's the same for other families who are celebrating Christmas. But when my family is celebrating Christmas, we always have seafood and then have this um, Asian dish usually with fried noodles or something like that. And then we move on to dessert. Seafood is my ultimate favorite type of food, except oysters. I hate oysters. But yeah, other than that, I am good with mussels, shrimps, lobsters. Yeah. Seasonally, I love all the fall food. So anything with cinnamon and pumpkin and apple pie, like stuff like food for the fall weather, I absolutely love. And then as a, you know, as a little baby capitalist, I do enjoy all the seasonal drinks at Starbucks. I always do the PSLs and then in the winter I do like the, the chocolate mint wrap, I think it's called. But yeah, and then the holiday that has the best food, Christmas. In terms of everyone brings something in, the meal's usually very bountiful and varied. But in terms of best food for eating out would definitely be Valentine's Day because usually Valentine's Day you either go for a dinner or you have Actually, or when you have a romantic home-cooked meal, it's usually something like special or unique. So Valentine's Day would come in second. Christmas for the potluck element of it, so you get like a lot. And then Valentine's Day because you're usually, again, you're trying to experiment. You're trying to be romantic. So I don't know if that counts, but I, I think it counts. What comfort food never fails to cheer you up? I love nachos, but because I'm lactose intolerant, I always have to have it with with lactose-free cheese, so I don't get them that often, but I really love nachos, especially with the guacamole, just the, the layers, the vegetables, everything. 
And then also in addition to that, I loved uh, sopa de gallina, which is basically hen soup in Spanish. So Peruvian chicken soup. I love the way they make it. I love the broth. I love everything about it. And if I have that, if I'm like sad or sick, I feel like a million bucks after. I really like mozzarella. Sometimes I, I just want to go on the fridge, take my mozzarella bowl and eat it. French fries are my favorite. Maybe at the very top of the list is this little known place called the Spudster. And uh, for that, you need to uh, hop in your car, drive up to a little town called New Britain, which is just outside of Lindsay, which is where my one of my grandmothers live. And it is this little like classic stand, like right out by the road that almost solely serves French fries. My brother and I would love it so much that we pretty pretty much to this day, we still get like my, uh, my mom to let us stop and uh, pick it up. It's these wondrous spud potatoes that are deep fried to perfection and then you get these huge servings of them they don't serve you in like the little like the little like tiny thing that like you know you get at mcdonald's or harvey's or something it's so full like it overflows half the time you'll literally lose like 10 percent of the fries just to the ground when you're moving it around <laughs> and they put some salt uh ketchup i don't know any other condiment you want oh and it has one of the greatest life hacks that i've ever seen in my entire life whenever you have vinegar you know half the time when i put vinegar on fries like it'll just douse everywhere these guys have um vinegar and their own like little spray bottles like you know they're kind of like windex spray bottles you spray it on and it's per it perfectly spreads the vinegar out just a little like layer of it evenly on all of the fries it's beautiful when i just find myself in the city my go-to is still pizza pizza they serve their own personalized boxes of fries, also deep fried to perfection. Like what? $3.50. It's less than like your average like value meal at McDonald's. I really like burritos. Yeah, but my comfort food that never fails to cheer me up when I feel down or when I feel kind of like upset, I just go with a burrito because I just have a thing for burrito. If you were going to die tomorrow and you had access to any food you wanted, what would be your last meal? My last meal would be the crispy salad that I talked about from Laos, Nam Khao, because I really love this dish. If tomorrow would be the end of the world, I would just eat this dish. And I would just stuff myself with this dish until I can't eat anymore. And I can die happily. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say, Ariana? Are you trying to say that I'm going to wind up on death row? Because that's not the craziest thing to imagine me doing. Honestly, yeah. Um, but no, I've, if I were to die, uh, pretty simple, basic answer. 72-ounce steak, medium rare, uh, seasoned for several hours ahead of time in Montreal steak spice, and uh, doused in barbecue sauce just before it's thrown on the grill. Served with loaded baked potato. That's a broccoli with mustard. That would be my go-to. I'm I, I, I'm just a big fan of steak. I think it's the food I'd love to, to go out of this world with. A man who dies with a belly full of steak lived a pretty damn good life. It will be sushi from Matsuri, probably. If I can bring the restaurant. I would say the nicest, most expensive, medium rare steak. I would want a nice batch of cookies, some steak. Inca-Cola, that's a Peruvian soft drink. I would definitely have some Inca-Cola. I would definitely have a little bit of Peruvian food, a little bit of St. Lucian food. I'd want cabbage rolls, actually. I really like cabbage rolls. That would be the weirdest course of meal, but it wouldn't matter because if it was my last day, I wouldn't have to worry about the consequences of throwing up or anything. So I would have all that. Oh, and sushi and miso soup. 
definitely miso soup. Oh, I love miso soup. Probably just a bit of everything. You know what? Just take me to a take me to a buffet. There's my last meal. I'll just kind of <laughs> like a, a nice one though, not not Mandarin. If I'm dying tomorrow, we want to turn the knob up a little bit. This wraps up our episode on food. I hope you enjoyed listening to all our favorites and hopefully you've worked up an appetite and have some food of your own to grab and eat. We'll be back at our respective tables next Thursday for our season two finale where we will appropriately be sharing our bucket lists. Can't wait to join you all next week. It's bittersweet that we'll be ending the season, but I look forward to being able to talk with the rest of the team for one last time this season. Thank you for listening to the This Season podcast and don't forget to subscribe to our Instagram page. We will see you all in the next episode. Bye. Bye.